Welcome to the Journey to Holland, where we share our experiences and what we have learned from others about our journey of having and raising a child with Down syndrome. The goal of the show is to help educate people on Down syndrome, provide resources for parents and family, and encourage and strengthen families with kids that have Down syndrome. So on today's show, I just wanted to kind of talk about our story and how we got here uh, at Loma Linda with a uh, wonderful, beautiful child that has a Down syndrome. Uh, it all started probably about a year ago now, um, and it started with our third pregnancy. Uh, we had our six-year-old girl and our two-year-old son, Ella and Jack, and we wanted uh, a third child. Uh, we were open to that idea, and so we decided to uh, try for a third child. Well, uh, we got pregnant and uh, we ended up losing our third child. It wasn't too far in, but still it was very difficult for the family, uh, for Clarissa, myself, and everyone. Uh, it was only about six to eight weeks in, something like that. So we didn't make it that far, but still was far enough that we know that we lost a pregnancy. So it's actually incredibly difficult to get through and decide if we still wanted to continue to try and have another child uh, after that. And then fast forward uh, to uh, earlier this year, early 2022, and we decided, okay, well, we, you know, we do uh, think that God has a third child, uh, or rather a fourth child, uh, in in the works for us or in the plans for us. So we decided to uh, see what God had and try and see if we could get pregnant again. Sure enough, um, we were able to get pregnant, um, thankfully, and everything appeared normal in the very beginning uh, of the pregnancy. It wasn't up until week. Uh, was I want to say about 22 or so, uh, basically in end of September, maybe somewhere around there, we went to get a, a normal ultrasound or an anatomical ultrasound of our kiddo, which is standard practice around that time. I want to say about 20 weeks. And when we got started, I, I slowly started to notice something was a little bit off of the heart, though. I'm not a sonographer or anything else like that, but I, I've seen a bunch of ultrasounds before and seen heart ultrasounds and so I knew that it was it was not exactly correct, but I couldn't identify what was wrong. The nurse just basically uh, said that the doctor would call us and talk to us about any issues and that she wasn't allowed to say anything, which is pretty standard practice because they're not doctors and, you know, they could be wrong because they haven't had all that training. So we went home that day and acted normal. Nothing was wrong. And basically two to three hours later, we got a call from the doctor's office saying, hey, we need to come back in tomorrow for an ultrasound and a follow-up with a doctor. That was weird. Um, they wouldn't tell us anything more. I mean, they actually called Clarissa, and so they, they just didn't say anything more. It was pretty open. Uh, it was really weird, to be honest, because I was at work. So all that we could do was kind of stew about it. We then realized that uh, we did have the MyChart app, and so we tried to look on there, I did rather, while I was out at work, and discovered that it actually said something, um, an ultrasound for Hydrops, something that's called, or H-Y-D-R-O-P-S. Hydrops is basically like uh, when you get fluid around the lungs or the heart or the brain or basically extra fluid in the baby. So that was really dangerous, and I decided not to tell Clarissa about it because that could really be fatal if, if it was true. Uh, we got to our appointment down in Loma Linda, which is about an hour away from where we live in Apple Valley. And I told her in the car, because we got there about half an hour early, and it was just killing me. And I, I told her, and she was actually very receptive to it. So that was really good. Um, we walked into the appointment, and that's when he told us that, no, uh, that was a mistake. It wasn't high drops. Uh, he was sorry for that. 
but it was actually something a little bit different, and it was called an AV canal or an atrial ventricular septal defect. It was basically, um, there's two holes in her heart, one between the atria and one between the ventricles, and her two little valves there are basically connected, making one valve. And, and it depends on how it's performing and how it's growing, uh, whether it's going to be an immediate issue or not. Yes, it will and does require heart surgery, basically open heart surgery to, to fix. But if the right and left sides of the heart continue to grow balanced or they're stable, basically, then the surgery can be put off until about up to six months of life for the kiddo because they really want the kid to be as old as possible when they get surgery because everything is bigger and easier to work with. But if it's imbalanced, basically the right side will sometimes grow a little bit faster than the left side. It can actually impinge blood flow into the aorta, which is where all of your oxygenated blood leaves the heart. So after that, we are told you have to come back in one month for a fetal echocardiogram again, because we got one that day as well, basically an ultrasound of the heart. And they were going to monitor the progression of the heart to see if it was still balanced or if it was still stable, uh, because that could affect the delivery timing of the baby. At that time, he also recommended uh, that we do something called an NIPT, uh, which is, uh, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's a screening test for genetic issues, including trisomy 21. This test is actually really easy. It's not like an amnio or anything else like that. Um, it actually just takes blood from mother and it evaluates that, tries to pull out DNA that it uh, thinks is baby's DNA uh, that's come from her and uh, identifies if it's a possibility that she has um, any sort of genetic issues like Down syndrome. And those results take about two to three days to get back. So we went on about our lives and uh, about two to three days later, my wife gets the call that um, it is a 91% chance that she does have trisomy 21 or uh, Down syndrome. Now we had heard that there are some possibilities of false negatives. So we kind of held out hope for that, that maybe she didn't actually have it and that it was a false or, or false positive rather. Uh, we went in to see the doctor about the results though a few days later, and he said the percentage of likelihood that it's accurate is actually closer to 99%. And the reason is, is it, that test actually can take into account a lot of different things, in, including the maternal age, um, if the baby has a heart defect like ours does, and a bunch of other things, and they put it into an algorithm, and he said it's actually closer to 99% accurate. So at that point, we talked about doing an amniocentesis. That's uh, the only really one of three diagnostic tests that you can do of a baby to determine if they actually do have trisomy 21. Now, the problem is, is that it takes like three to four weeks to get the results back. So if you're late in pregnancy, then it's probably not worth it because you can get results back a lot faster after the baby is done. But there's also a 1 in 900 chance, um, is what they quoted us at least, that uh, there could be complications with the birth due to the fact that you're sticking a needle into the amniotic fluid. And that's basically what the test is. They stick a long needle into the amniotic sac and get a sample of the amniotic fluid, which has uh, sloughed off uh, skin cells uh, from the baby. And they test that for the baby's DNA to identify markers. And so with all that being said, we talked about it for a few days and just you know, we figured it wasn't worth it. Um, and then also during this whole process too, we, they were actually pretty good about it, but they definitely asked us uh, a few times, uh, not, not the doctors, not each doctor a few times, but multiple doctors asked us at least once, you know, what do you want to do with the baby? We're like, 
what what do you mean? Like, what do you want to do with it? Like, we're going to get it treated. And they just basically said back, oh, we just wanted to make sure you wanted to keep it. Like, holy cow. I didn't know that's what you're asking. You're asking if you want us to kill the baby. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that was a little awkward. And we'll talk more about that in another episode, kind of in depth that, uh, how that all went down and, and, uh, stuff. But anywho, yeah, that, that's basically how we found out that she probably with a pretty good certainty has trisomy 21 and why we didn't get an amnio at that point. Emotions, um, are all over the place. (laughs) Um, you, I mean, if you've been there, and you have had that diagnosis with a kid, whether that's before or after birth, um, you're familiar that those emotions can vary widely. You know, um, you feel definitely all of the emotions. Um, you are kind of sad. You are kind of happy. Um, you're anxious. You're nervous. You're scared. Uh, because you don't know what's going to happen with a baby. And there's so many possibilities, so many things that could go wrong. And so it's a little stressful, you know, and <laughs> the funny story is, is right. We joked with our daughter, uh, who's six, Ella's her name, that you're never getting a cell phone. You're never getting a boyfriend. You're never moving out. You're never leaving us, you know, as kind of a joke. And, and in all reality, right, is that I really hope that she does all of those things. Well, maybe not the cell phone, <laughs> but I hope that she does find a good godly man that she meets. And I hope that they both can um, have a healthy, God-fearing relationship, you know, and create their own family. Um, I really want that as much as I'd love to have Ella here and stay with us forever because <laughs> she's just so wonderful. But now uh, the other emotion that entered in with Nora and her Down syndrome diagnosis is that there's a good chance that she stays with us for the rest of her life. And so it's kind of a melancholy feeling where you are happy that she is safe and healthy and that you get to stay with, you know, possibly stay, have her stay with you the rest of her life. At the same time, you're sad and it's almost like heartbreaking. And, um, I can't really describe it. It's just, it's so many emotions all at once. And it's, um, and it's, and the real message here that I I got from other people and other parents I talked to about this is that it's okay. Feeling those emotions are okay. It's okay to grieve that you got that diagnosis. And it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel happy. Everything is okay. It's, you know, um, emotions are good. And if you didn't have emotions, it would be bad. It wouldn't be healthy. So um, the other thing I'd say is reach out. Especially there's a good chance you have friends or family that have kids with uh, special needs of some to some extent. So reach out to them. Get advice from them and get help. That's what we did. Uh, we're here too. Uh, you can visit our, our, our website, shoot us an email down below uh, on the on the website, and uh, I'd be happy to talk with you and, and help you through anything. I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I do have a, a little bit of medical background as a medic, but I have no background in Down syndrome, special needs, or children, so I'll just clarify that. Um, but yeah, anywho, so feel free to reach out, emails on the website, um, and we'll put that website below. Uh, but picking up there, um, we were doing the frequent ultrasounds um, after the Down syndrome. And and what can happen with Down syndrome and what they were concerned about is, so the baby has Down syndrome, right? Well, because the baby has Down syndrome, the baby's placenta also has Down syndrome. And what that can cause is basically the placenta, the best way they described it is it can age faster than a normal placenta for whatever reason. And so that can cause all sorts of issues. 
including the first one that we saw. Um, and that's basically, uh, it's called the end diastolic flow, or uh, you have, you know, two parts of your heartbeat, right? You have your first, you know, when your ventricles contract, and that's when it squeezes the most. And then when you kind of relax, you still have blood flow, you know, when your heart relaxes, because it's still pushing through your body. And it's kind of like when you get a blood pressure, right? You get the top number, over, top number over the bottom number, the systolic over diastolic. And so the bottom number is your diastolic blood pressure or how much is being pushed through your body. With that being said, in a baby with Down syndrome, they can experience diastolic flow issues. And so what we started to see was the baby was not pushing blood in that second part of her heartbeat, if that makes any sense, in that diastolic area of her blood flow. And what can happen is, is a textbook case is that'll happen first where the blood flow stops basically after the heart, you know, cinches down and then releases, there's nothing flows and then it doesn't flow again until it um, com- contracts again. But what can happen actually that's even worse is, is uh, the third phase is that it actually can reverse flow in that diastolic section. And then, it, you, you know, you get oxygenation issues with the whole body and the whole baby. So it can cause a lot of problems. So that's why we went to actually two ultrasounds uh, a week. So that way we could make sure and monitor that uh, diastolic blood flow. Now, with that being said, the doctor said it looked like it was following a textbook playout or of that, that issue, right, with the diastolic flow. So we went ahead and scheduled a December 19th C-section to get her out because he knew at least by then she would need to come out. And if it showed at any point in one of the ultrasounds, that there were issues with the blood flow before then, then she would come out at that point. So that's all we thought was going to be an issue, right? <laughs> um, so we had our, we didn't even have our bags packed that day. So it was a little stressful, but uh, because she was only 31 weeks and some change, um, basically they admitted Clarissa to the hospital for a couple of days. When they admitted her, they all they really wanted to do was give her steroids that would affect the baby's lungs because the baby's lungs are kind of one of the last things to develop. And... They weren't developed yet, and they wouldn't be until 34 weeks. So if she came early, or even at 34 weeks, the steroids could help her lungs develop faster, uh, just in case. But the steroids can affect the baby's heart, so they needed to monitor the baby's cardiac uh, rhythm and and rate and everything for a couple days while Clarissa got the steroids. So it was a huge mess, and that's kind of when you guys kind of picked up on the story for the most part, if you uh, watch our YouTube or on our Facebook. But it was a huge mess because we didn't prepare. We didn't have bags packed. We didn't have anything ready to go. Um, so I had to run home, get a bunch of stuff, go back and forth, take care of kids. And thankfully, our mother-in-law and my mom and friends and family were there to help, which was just a godsend. And we're so thankful for them. So thank you guys if you're listening. Um, and then after that, she uh, basically got released on a Friday afternoon, which was the 11th, 12th, about the 10th, if that's a Friday. I can't remember off the top of my head now. But we were scheduled to come back in on a Monday for another Doppler ultrasound. When we did come back in on that Monday, sure enough, the heart was good. So we were super happy. Like, it was a good win. And so we, um, the blood flow was fine to the heart. But when they went to do the second ultrasound or the anatomy ultrasound, they found out that the amniotic fluid was shrinking at a rapid rate. Which is expected with the Down syndrome kid and the placental issues. We just weren't told about it as being an issue. <laughs> so at that point, it was a Monday afternoon. Doctor said, basically, Clarissa is getting admitted tonight and you'll be the first uh, C-section on Tuesday morning. Awesome. 
Well, that was fun and completely unexpected. But the one good thing was that we actually had our bags packed this time. So um, we had our bags packed and ready to go every time we went to the doctor after that first time. So we had everything we needed. We had extra charging cords and clothes and all that stuff. So that was actually awesome and super helpful. And then um, we, I basically stayed with Clarissa that night in her uh, hospital room on the, it was actually kind of comfortable, but not really, <laughs> in the reclining chair. Uh, and then at 8.55 that next morning, uh, the baby was born. She uh, came out and was breathing perfectly. She sneezed first, actually, which was really funny. <laughs> and uh, as you probably saw the video, if you haven't, you should watch that one. But uh, And then she started crying a little bit, which was just amazing. It was just the best sound in the world. Um, yeah, after that, basically Clarissa went into recovery. Uh, she stayed in the room, OR room while they cleaned everything up. And then basically we split up after that. Um, they have like a drive through window is the best way to describe it in the OR. So when the baby comes out, they can just hand the baby through that window to the, uh, resuscitation room is what they call it, where they have a bunch of doctors and nurses that take care of the baby. And so once, uh, Nora was stabilized in there and got an IV and everything else like that. I was able to go in there and be with her and see her. Um, Clarissa went into recovery for a little bit while she kind of settled down after the surgery and the uh, anesthesia and all that stuff. And yeah, that was super awesome. As uh, we were done with the resuscitation room, I followed with Nora basically out there and up to the NICU. We were able to stop in and Clarissa got to see and hold Nora for the first time. And that was just so cool. <laughs> so um, she really enjoyed that. And then we went up to the NICU and we kind of worked it out from there. But I tell you, the hardest part uh, about all of this was, it was really not anything having to deal with Nora, right? It, it's just all the other stuff, the logistical issues, um, our daughter being bullied, um, the second day after Nora was born and having money taken, like it was, it was just a complete mess. And, um, there were just rude people at some places we will leave that out, but it was a lot and it was super, super stressful. Um, and we didn't get very much sleep for the first few days, uh, until thankfully we got checked into the Ronald McDonald house, um, which is a whole nother story. We'll talk about it in another episode, but now, yeah, we're just kind of hanging in there. Uh, baby Nora is uh, growing. She's eating. Um, she has progressed to eating up to, oh, 20 mLs of food every like four hours, three hours, whatever it is which has been just incredible. We're so thankful for that. And uh, after that, I mean, she's just laying there. She got a little bit of uh, the jaundice lights for about a day, but thankfully that helped. And now she's off of them. And oh, guys, if you're listening to this. So I was encouraged by a good friend uh, in my reserve unit to do skin to skin, or they also call it kangaroo care for guys. Amazing. And I will admit I did cry because it's just such a stressful last week, you know, and I just want the best for baby Nora and, uh, for Clarissa and everything. And so to see her chilling and just sleeping, she literally passed out on my chest for about two hours and even started to snore a little bit, like not in a bad way, but it just, it was cute. So, um, guys don't be afraid. Like the nurses have don't care, you know, and they want you to do that. Cause that is so important for your baby. Especially if they're young, like, like Nora is, right? She is so small that she has to stay in an isolate, which is basically a little like incubator is the best way to describe it that keeps her warm. But if you're doing skin to skin, you don't need that because your body temperature will actually help regulate the baby's temperature. 
and it does a whole lot of other things. It really helps for mamas. It helps their milk uh, come in better. Um, but for babies, it just comforts them. And it's just the best thing ever. <laughs> so I highly recommend guys that you do that. Don't be afraid of doing that. Anywho, um, that's Base Care Story Now. We are on um, a week now. It has been a week since uh, we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday. And uh, Baby North has been here for a week. We're finally starting to get into a rhythm of seeing her, getting sleep, getting food, which has been good. And same thing, Nora is on a good rhythm of eating, sleeping, pooping, <laughs> all of that stuff. So everything is great here. We appreciate it. Um, we're still waiting for the official, you know, like, no kidding, diagnostic results from the DNA test that was taken at birth. Basically where they take a blood sample from the cord blood and they send it off for DNA testing. But we do know that Nora has a lot of the physical features, uh, the eyes, the hands, you know, some of the muscle tone stuff. So we know that she has it, but for like medical and for insurance, and all that stuff, it just takes some time to get the actual test back. But yeah, other than that, we're hanging in there and we're just trying to take it one day at a time. Um, for here, we really appreciate you guys listening. We uh, are hoping to have a good friend of mine on, Bryce. He, he has a child that uh, has special needs. And so we're hoping to get his insights and take. He's been super helpful in talking to me over the phone privately about things. So we're looking forward to getting his uh, story and getting his thoughts and uh, what has helped him through this time. So tune in next week. Uh, we'll have that interview with him and talk to him and hopefully get some really good nuggets for you guys to take home to your families and everything. So we really appreciate it. Thank you guys for joining us on this journey and we hopefully you guys uh, can get something out of it. If you guys have any questions or comments, please feel free to uh, type them out in the uh, uh, from our website or in our email below. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, uh, interact with you guys, and uh, try and help each other out. So thank you guys a lot. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.